are listening to First Church Charlotte. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We rest right now in your presence, God. Come on, somebody tell them, we rest right now in your presence, Lord. You're working on our behalf. You're working in our lives. You're preparing a table before us in the presence of our enemies. God, you are on our side. We worship you right now in this moment. Would you just worship him in this moment, Lord? We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Amen. Say, oh God. Okay, good. You got to be ready to move. Come on. Say, oh God. That's it. All right, that's good. Thank you. You did a great job. You did a great job. I'm so thankful to be at First Church today. And it's my privilege to be speaking here in this place. It's my privilege. I love this church. I love this church. And I hope it's as good for you today as it is for me to be here. I love your pastor and his family. I love the elder came up. Whenever the elder comes up, it's like a breath of fresh air for me. I'm so thankful for him and his lovely wife. Let's give them a hand today. Amen. Man, just tell your neighbor you're looking good. You're looking good. They did all that work. They need somebody to tell them, like, hey, hey, I see you. I see you. Oh, man, I love to sing. I haven't been able to sing in quite a while. I've been, I've been just battling, 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 man. So my voice is shot, man. It's terrible. But, God, I could sing all day. Man. I'm just telling you, if I was the pastor of this church, we would never hear preaching. I would just be like, all right, today we're going to do these six songs. And, um, but I, I'm telling you, just get that, that in my head. I couldn't get it out. I'm like, let's go back to that. It's a good song. At least that part. I can't remember the rest. But man, tell one more person, this is a great church. This is a great church, and I'm glad that you're here today. Amen. Let's pray today. Would you pray with me? Lord, we pray that you would speak to us today. Help us to grow. We pray that you would stretch our faith. Call us, God, today to great things. Reveal who you are to every single person in this room, and let everything that we do from this moment forward result in the miraculous. Somebody pray that with me. God, let it result in the miraculous today, and let it result in deep worship. Deep worship. In the name of Jesus, everybody say amen. amen. You can be seated today. And we don't, have, we don't actually have to have a piano player to sing either. It could just bust out at any moment. It could be like, oh, God, oh, God, the battle belongs. Come on, like you're in the shower. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Mm, let everything that has breath praise him. Oh, God. Man. One more time. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yep, yep, it does. It does, it does, it does. I'm so thankful. Take a moment right now. Open your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. We're going to read a story today. I love getting into these stories, and we're going to get into a story that will hopefully help, some, uh, help somebody in this room. But I want you to remember this today, that no matter what is preached from this pulpit, no matter what is said from this pulpit today, next week, last week, I want you to know that just one moment in the presence of God, 
Just one moment in the presence of God, one encounter with Jesus is all that somebody needs today to have their life completely transformed. It's all that somebody needs to have a family, the generational curse of a family be gone, to have a family be forever changed. One moment in the presence of God today. Amen. It can happen. It can happen. Look at someone and say, it can happen. So look for it today. Look for it today. When you get connected to God, it goes way beyond, obviously, any words that I could speak. And so look for it today. Don't brush away the God moment that's going to be in your life in this service. But purpose right now, purpose, I'm going to embrace. I'm going to embrace him when he comes walking by my aisle. I'm going to reach out and grab him in faith when he comes, when he comes speaking to me. Amen. Right now, someone say, keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Matthew chapter 14, we find this incredible story of Jesus walking on water. And this event in, in the life of Jesus happened right after Jesus fed the 5,000. How many remember the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000? Have, have you ever heard that? Say amen. amen. All right. All right, so it's safe to say when you begin to read Matthew chapter 14 that Jesus is having an incredible, an incredible week. He's having an incredible week of ministry. Great things are happening in his life. And, and it's just like the Bible. It's just like the Bible in the Bible. You're going to find good, bad, and ugly. While Jesus was having this phenomenal week <laughs> in this same passage, there was another guy that was very committed to the kingdom of God by the name of John that was having his head taken off. That's in the same passage, Matthew chapter 14. But Jesus, hey, man, everything's going great. But don't worry, his, his day was coming as well. The greatest work he did, the greatest work he did that enables you to sit here today came through suffering. Amen. Interesting. But Jesus... Right now, I mean, he is like rocking it. He is absolutely operating at the highest level of ministry possible. Miracles, everybody say yes. yes. Signs, yes. wonders, yes. all these things are happening. All these, all these things are, are there. And, and, and I want you to know that these are just the things that are recorded in the scripture. These are just the things that are written down in the scripture. And as a matter of fact, John writes in John chapter 21, verse 25, he says, Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. I want you to know today that the God that you are worshiping, Jesus Christ, he was walking on the earth. God manifest in flesh. There he was walking, and he was doing these incredible things. And we read about him in the Gospels, and we think, wow, that is awesome. But in between every story, there's another hundred stories. In between every miracle, there's another hundred miracles. In between every encounter that he had where he completely transformed somebody, there's a thousand other people that could tell a story of what he did. Amen. These are just the things that are written down. And sometimes it's like that for us as well. We, we remember all the big stuff that happens, right? We look back, oh, I remember when God did, and we remember these big things. But have you ever stopped to really think about everything that God has done? in your life. When's the last time you just say, hey, I'm going to make a list and I'm going to go through my week and I'm going to just write down even the small things. I'm going to write it down and say, hey, thank you, Jesus, for doing this. Thank you, Jesus, for doing that. Others will just walk on by and say, that's just life, but not you. 
You're going to say, no, 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 no. He made a way when there was no way. He gave me a job. He gave me this intellect. God is the, my source, and, and I'm going to honor him for all of these things he's done in my life. How many miracles has he done for you? How many divine interventions? How many times has he protected you from harm that you were unaware of? And, and if it was all written down, the world couldn't contain the volumes or the series or the books and all the things that he has done. I'm going to bring it straight down to where you're living. Are you ready? Because some of you don't understand what I'm saying, but you're about to. If it was a Netflix series, you could binge watch it from now through eternity. <laughs> Episode 47, season 1,462 years. The things that Jesus did. He was working. He was working. He was seeking. He was saving. He was marching. He was doing the work. He was revealing the kingdom of God. He was revealing the love of the Father. It's amazing the things that he did. So this story is one of these stories that is written down. It's the story of Jesus Christ walking on water. This story appears in three of the four Gospels, and you're going to find it in Matthew, Mark, and John. But only in Matthew do we learn that there was another water walker. There was more than one water walker. In Matthew, we learn that Peter also walked on water. And this is how the story goes. Listen to this. Remember, this is right after the miracle of the multiplication of the 5,000, uh, where the 5,000 men were fed and the women and the children. And maybe there was a few animals there that were like, hey, get, let me get in on that. You know, maybe, you know, you've been at the table and slipped a little something to your dog. I mean, this was an incredible miracle that had just happened. And I want you to imagine these loaves. <laughs> these loaves of bread, these loaves, these fish as their basket of fish and, 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 and they're walking around and it's like a, it's like a, it's like a, a basket, like a volcano of bread. And it just keeps coming out. This is how the story goes. As they, as they move through the crowd and as they pass it out, it continued to multiply. There's a lot in that, but this is an incredible miracle that had just taken place. And now straight into Matthew 14, 22, it reads like this. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. Jesus was, was closing down the church. And I mentioned this in the first service, but Bishop wasn't here, so I'll say it for you. It's like, it's like when you were planting the church, you were the last one shutting the lights off, making sure the door was locked. This is what Jesus was doing. He said, yeah, you guys go ahead. I'll handle this. And he sent them on a boat, and he sent them ahead to the other side. Remember as well, and I'm not here to preach about this point, but remember it was Jesus that sent them. All right. He dismissed the crowd. He sent them on. In verse 23, after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to do what? To pray. To pray. Everybody say to pray. Notice that Jesus went up to pray right after this incredible day of miracles right after this incredible thing that happened he went to pray and my, my pastor for a time uh 
Billy Hale, who I think you guys know him a little bit. Yes, he taught me. He taught me. He taught the church, and I, I grasped onto this, he, and I'll teach it to you. He said, every time you accomplish something in the kingdom of God, anytime someone comes to you and says, man, Pastor Nathan, that was phenomenal singing. You have a wonderful voice. What a ministry. He said, take those things, and in that moment, don't be weird. Just say, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. God is good. But take that and bring it to God in prayer and take a knee, kneel down, lay it at his feet and say, thank you, Jesus. It's because of you. And any glory that I received, I pour it on you right now in this moment. So, so Jesus, I, I don't know, but he felt the need after this day of ministry. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. So he goes to pray. He, he's spent, he's tired, he's drained. And later that night, he was there alone. He was there alone. He was all alone. You, you ever been all alone? You guys know what that feels like being, I mean, really being alone. I mean, the point, you're so all alone, you pen the words all alone. No one here beside me. Sorry about my voice. It's just shot. I wanted to really rip that song out, but there's no one here to guide me. I'm all alone. Have you ever felt all alone? Here's Jesus. He's all alone. Even at the pinnacle of, of a ministry moment, he finds himself all alone and he's praying. And in verse 24, it says that the boat was already a considerable distance from land and it was buffeted or it was rocked or it was pounded. It was being battered by the waves because the wind was against it. And it's almost like Jesus knew in this moment that he was going to teach his disciples another lesson that night. I'm going to, I'm going to, I know they just saw this incredible thing today, but I'm going to, I want to teach them something tonight that they probably didn't know or they didn't realize. And, and so he looks out and he sees the storm and, and right here in, right here in this service today, I want every person who wants to be used by God, if you want to be used by God in some way or another, I want you just to lift your hand. Don't be a afraid. I want to be used by God. Lift it up high. Come on, lift it up high. Say, it's me. I want to be used by God. Be real bold about it. Come on, say, yeah, I want to be used by God. Just, I know it's in your heart. I know it's in your heart. I know it's in your heart to be used by God. It's in your heart to worship God. Why else would you be here? How big is this city? One million people in proper, in, in, in Charlotte proper. One million people. How many people are in church today? Not that many. You want to be here worshiping God. You, are, you, you want to be involved in the kingdom of God. You want to be used by God. And I want you to know, I want you to learn this, that just because you're used by God during the day, hello? Just because you're used by God during the day, you could have a basket in your hand and loaves could be shooting out. And you can just be like, I don't know what's going on, but here, you get some bread. You get some bread. You want some? Good, because you get some. Boom. Y'all want some? No problem. Fish? Yeah. More fish back here. Yeah, bring like 50 of them. Like, you could be used by God during the day, and you can face a storm the same night. Everything could be going great during the day, but the very same day, your life could be turned upside down and you could be in a, in a very precarious position. And God is trying to get us, the church, to trust him in every place. 
in every circumstance in every context that we find ourselves in God is saying will you trust me whenever loaves are shooting out of your basket and will you trust me when you're in the middle of a lake in the middle of the night just before dawn and the storm is raging and and there's a being walking towards you are you going to trust me Matthew 14 25 shortly before dawn Jesus he's done praying he waits for the right moment the timing is there and he gets up and he comes down comes down the mountainside we never think about this, but I mean, I don't know. Did Jesus walk on water before this? Was this the first time? I'm not a Bible scholar like you guys, so I don't know, but I think it's his first time. Can you, we never talk about this, but imagine Jesus. What, what, was, what was it like for him, like, the first time? Was he, he walked down from the mountain. He's like, well, there they are. He looked, maybe he looked around like, well, I don't see any other boats. and Anybody kind of take... Hey, no, nobody. There's nobody here. No fishermen getting ready to go out for the day. I need to get it. Nah. He just says, well, I guess I'll just. All right, I'm good. Boom. And there he is. He's walking out. This is walking out. He's walk. Everybody say he's walking out. He's walking out. He is walking out shortly before John. Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. And I want to make sure that you catch that today. Jesus, I'm going to say it again, is walking on water right here in this story. And we get used to it. And we think, oh, that's, a, that's cute. Like, it's a good story. He's walking on water. Oh, man. And then they write that song. You know, they write that song, Oceans, and everybody sings it every service for five straight years, and now nobody sings it. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? Matter of fact, I think Jesus, I'm going to get way off base here, but I think Jesus in that moment was probably like right before his foot hit the first time, he probably flashed forward a couple thousand years and thought, man, if I do this, they're going to write that song that they're going to sing. He was like, ah, just do it. You know what I'm talking about? It's on the radio like every day, all day. You're at night, you're just dreaming about oceans. You wake up, feel like you're drowning. But I want you to, to remember as we read the stories in the scripture, don't forget that we serve a God that walks on the things that have the ability to destroy us. It is, yeah, I'm going to walk on that. They, these, these things that, that could, could take our lives, they are, they are under his feet. And so when you continue to read, the disciples saw him in verse 26 walking on the lake and they were what? They were terrified. Right? Would you be terrified if you were out on your boat in the middle of the night and all of a sudden someone comes walking towards you? Would you be terrified? Yes, you would. And this is awesome right here. They said, they said, it's a ghost. Everybody say, it's a ghost. Come on, get it in. This is what they, it's a ghost. It's a spirit. They cried out in fear, the scripture says. And remember, I want you to know because we forget this was way before 1985, way before Ghostbusters. Hello? They weren't like, it's a ghost. And then they weren't like, who are you going to call? And then James was like, call Ghostbusters. I don't know. This was way before that. This was like 2,000 years ago. It's a ghost. 
And they cried out in fear. They had nobody to call. And they, they, they thought that it was a spirit. It was a man, a being, a spirit. Something was walking on the water towards them in the middle of the night, in the middle of the storm, right towards their boat. So, so, so yeah, 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 they were afraid. They were, they were frightened. But Jesus immediately said to them, what did he say? Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Boom, right in that moment, he saw and heard their cries, and he said, hey, 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 it's all right. It's me. What? It's me. It's me. I didn't preach this in the first sermon, in the first message, but sometimes God is saying to us, like, it's me. Jesus is literally speaking to us, and he's saying, hey, it's me. You can trust me. It's me. And we're frightened, and we're afraid, and, and we don't understand what's going on. But in this moment, God is saying, it's me. It's me. It's going to be okay. Take courage. It's me. I'm with you. I'm here. It's me. I know it seems different because you've never seen anybody doing what I'm doing, but it's me. It's me. It's I. Don't be afraid. And Peter, I love Peter. I love Peter. He, 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 he shouts out, Lord, if it's you. Tell me to come to you on the water. I don't know if he talked like that, but Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you. What? What? Like, why was, how did this even come up? Why is this even an issue? Why, what, what was it about Peter? I'm going to tell you what it was. He wanted to be close to Jesus. He, he saw this opportunity. He's like, man, if he can do that, like, if that's him, I want to do that. If it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. Now, this is interesting. Jesus is speaking. But they don't fully know his voice. They don't know his voice yet. If it's you, if it's you, tell me to come. And, and, and this is a hard, maybe, maybe Peter just wanted to hear his words one more time. It's kind of windy, so just could you say that a little louder? I just want to make sure it's you. I don't know, but, but this is a very hard lesson for us to learn. It's, it's, is this really the voice of God that is leading me, that is speaking to me? And, and can I trust that, that it's your voice? Peter says, if it's you, he kind of believed it, but he wasn't sure. But you know what? There's something about Peter. He was willing. He was willing. You can go through his life, and, and you can see this was the guy that was like, yeah, let's, well, let's do that. Let's try that. Yeah, let's do that. If it's you, God, I'll do it. If it's you speaking, I'll do it. If it's you, God, you gave me this dream. If it's you, yeah, I'll get up, and I'll go against the face of thousands of years of, of racism and all of these things, and I'll go to Cornelius' house, and I'll preach the gospel because if it's you, God, I want to do what you want me to do. That's the kind of person that Peter was. Yeah, if it's you, bid me come. Mm. Jesus, <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble, but I thought about a lot of funny stuff to say right here. <laughs> Jesus just said, come on. He, he just, it just says, come, but I, I hear him saying, come on. Everybody just say, come on. <laughs> come on, Peter. Everybody say, come on, Peter. <laughs> like, he's like, yeah, it's me. Come on, man. Like. What do you mean if it's me? It's me. I just said it was me. You don't think it's me after I just said that it was me? Get out here. Let's go, man. You, you want to do what I'm doing? Come on. Let's go. Man, can you imagine that? Here we go. In this next part, Peter does three things right, and Peter does one thing wrong. Are you ready? Are you ready? Verse 29. You're going to see it plain as day. Three things right. Have you ever done so many things right, and then you get one thing wrong? And you're just like, man, 
I did all those things right, and everybody, people only see the wrong thing that I did. Right? Right? <laughs> it's interesting. He does three things right. Sometimes we're so afraid of getting that one thing wrong that we don't even do the three things right that we could do. Just afraid. I don't want to sink. I don't want to sink. I don't want to sink. I don't want to be the guy that sinks. Man, just, just, what if you just got up today and said, you know what? I'm going to just do what I can. And I'm going to get some things right. I might get some things wrong, but I'm walking towards Jesus. Amen. Three things right, he said in verse 29. Peter got down out of the boat. <laughs> That's a big one. That's pretty big, right? He got down out of the boat. Here we go. Number two, he did this right. He walked on the water. And number three, he came where? Toward Jesus. Everybody say he came toward Jesus. And I'll just tell you, yeah, that's it right there. God, put those kids in my church. Maybe they can start commuting after Wilson. But uh, got me distracted. What was I preaching about today? No, I'm just kidding. It's incredible that these three things happen so quickly. And the way that you can kind of, this, this is a real world test of if God is doing something in your life or if it's just your flesh or if it's something else leading you in the wrong direction. Are you, in what you're doing, are you walking towards Jesus? Because if you're not walking towards Jesus, you're going to be in trouble pretty quick. Hello? Am I supposed to be doing this? Is it God? Well, as you're doing it, are you drawing closer to Jesus or are you going away from Jesus? That's a real simple test that you can take in your own life right now. Is what I'm doing drawing me closer to Jesus or not? All right. That's a little teaching for you. Peter then makes a mistake in verse 30. When he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, what did he say? Save me. Peter sees the wind, and, and in reality, Peter was seeing the effects of the wind, right? In reality, he was seeing the waves that were caused by the wind. He, he saw his clothes being ripped off. His robe was being ripped off, and he saw the boat that was rocking violently, and he, he looked out, and he saw the white caps on the water. He saw the wind, and he was afraid, and what happened when he became filled with fear? He began to sink. And I want us to put ourselves in his shoes and try to learn a spiritual lesson right here. In order to see all of those things that Peter saw, in order to see the boat rocking, in order to look back and see his buddies with wide eyes and fear all over their faces, in order to see the water and the waves, in order to see the wind, maybe the rain, in order to see all of those things, Peter had to take his eyes off of Jesus to see all those Sometimes we just get in trouble because we're just looking at all kind of other stuff except who, who we should be looking at. Amen. Amen. Someone say, keep your eyes on Jesus. But just as sure as he took his eyes off Jesus and begins to sink, he does something that we can all learn from. And, and this is something that's so easy. It's not complicated. I promise you today when you leave here, you're not going to be like, man, that was a complicated message. That's not what I'm trying to do. I don't want you to go home and have to sit at the table tonight and be like, now, kids, let me explain to you what Pastor Moran was talking about with Melchizedek. That's not what we're trying to do today. 
Now, we just want to talk to you before you go to bed about the third heaven. What he really meant about that was, um, that's not, I'm trying to communicate something to you that you can grasp a hold of today, right now before this service is over, and you can apply it in your life right now. Right now. It's not complicated. And in this moment, somebody just needs to do what Peter did. He was afraid and he began to sink, but he cried out. What did he cry out? Cry it out. Lord, save me. When you begin to cry out to somebody to save you, there's no pride. There's, there's really no other options. There's no other choice. It's just to cry for help in a desperate moment. Lord, save me. Lord, save me. Amen. And when we cry out to him, oh, he hears us. He, when you cry out to him in faith, he hear, there's nothing he would rather hear. <laughs> From the very beginning, there's nothing he would rather hear than his children speaking to him. He walked in the garden in the cool of the day. Adam, where, where are you guys? Like he was looking forward to this moment where he would connect with them and talk with him. There's nothing that God wants more than for every person in this room today before you leave the service to just cry out to him in faith. Oh, man, he draws nigh to those with a broken spirit and a contrite heart. He's in this room, and he's ready to answer every person that would cry out to him. Peter cries out in verse 31, immediately Jesus reached out his hand, and he caught him. There's a lot here. There's a lot here. No problem. Hey, Peter, don't, don't worry about it, man. I got you. You serve a God. I'm telling you, you serve a God. We don't realize that. I'm trying to stretch your faith today. You serve a God that when you cry out to him, the things that are just about to destroy you, it's not a problem for him. No problem, bud. And Jesus reaches down and, oh, mm, he reaches down. Oh, eternal God, manifest in flesh, walking the earth, doing all these miracles that we read about. Just in that moment, though, it's just him and Peter and the 11 guys over there. And he reaches down, boom, I got you. Not a problem. He caught him. But notice what Jesus says to Peter. You have little faith. Why do you doubt why do you doubt you have little faith? I wonder why he said this to Peter. I, I, I was thinking about it, and I thought, man, that's just, I wonder if Peter, like, in that moment, if Peter, if Peter was like, seriously? Maybe Peter was, like, one of those people like me that whatever you think or feel, it's on your face. You can't hide it. Like, you just know. Like, I have so many people that don't like me because my facial reactions, even, I mean, it's just, I'm sorry. Maybe Peter was like, what? Little faith. Maybe he was like, bro, do you see me right now? <laughs> hold on, hold on. Jesus, do you see where we are? Hey, take a look around, bud. There's nothing here that should be holding us up. What are you talking about, ye of little faith? But that's what Jesus said. Why did Jesus say that? Maybe, 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 maybe. He said, why do you doubt? Because if you remember, he had just fed the 5,000 plus, and maybe he was just wondering out loud, at, at what point are these guys that I've been, that I've been walking with, at what point are these, these, these bread basket shooters, at what point are these guys going to understand and start believing that I can do anything? 
And, and maybe, maybe today in this church and in the church and in my church, but right now in this room, maybe the same question is lingering in the air today for us. At what point are we just going to believe Jesus can do anything? Come on, say that with me. Jesus can do anything. Tell your neighbor, Jesus can do anything. He can do anything. He can, he can work a miracle today. If you need a miracle, hey, he can work a miracle. He can turn water into wine. If you need some wine today and all you got is water, guess what? You're in the right place because Jesus can turn water into wine. If you're blind in this room today, if you can't see, I can't do anything about it. But Jesus, he can say, oh, you're blind? Okay. Boom. Spit into the dirt. Mix it up, pick it up, put it on your eyes, go wash in the pool, and you will be healed. The Jesus of the New Testament, his spirit is in this room today. He can still make the blind man see. I don't know if you believe that, but we serve a God that doesn't change. Everything he did in the beginning, he did all through the Old Testament, all through the Old Covenant. He did it in the New Testament. He did it in the church. He did it in the book of Acts. He's... And if you try to tell me that he doesn't do miracles, you're too late. He's still doing miracles. Oh, I'm going to get off subject, but don't, 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 don't let people tell you what he's, he, the, the, the gifts have ceased. Because if you start getting into any type of apologetics about what we believe, if you start engaging people at a level of, 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 uh, of doctrine, of discussion, one of the things you're going to hear, and, and especially in the Bible Belt, you're going to hear that the gifts have ceased. No longer do we operate in these gifts of the Spirit. They ceased with the apostles. That's all cute, and that's all great. Let me give you a little something. I'm going to tell you right now, when it's 2 o'clock in the morning... When it's 2 o'clock in the morning and you got a preacher up on Sunday saying that the gifts have ceased and no longer does God do the miracle of healing, I'm going to tell you at 2 o'clock in the morning when the kid has 104 temperature and the baby's lying there sick, I'm going to tell you right now, they might look around like, make sure that the the, 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 the board of elders, make sure they're not here. Make sure, no, make sure my YouTube channel's not on. Make sure nobody knows. But I'm going to tell you right now, in that moment, somebody's going to believe that God is a healer. Lord, Lord, touch this child. God, forgive me for not believing. Forgive me for teaching a generation that you don't do the miraculous still. God, I believe. Touch this baby and heal him. The same God. He's been doing miracles since way back in the day. How many of you believe in an eternal God that created everything that we, everything that we encounter? If you can believe in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, you can believe that he can touch your body. If you can get past Genesis chapter 1, verses 1, 2, and 3, you can believe today that God can turn your family around. You, you, have to, you have to come to grips with the fact of who you're actually believing in and begin to apply it in your life today. He created the heavens and the earth. God, you can put my family back together. God, you, 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 you spoke to the chaos and you said, let there be light. And all of a sudden, light came and order came and all of these things happened at the mention of, of your words when you spoke them into being God still today. If you can bring order out of that chaos, you can bring order into this chaos. 
in my family, on my job. Some of you today, you're, you're going through things. You're in the storm. You're, you're in a situation. You need to rise up and say, I still believe that God can. Amen. Amen. If you have leprosy today, guess what? He can heal the leper. Amen. Even, even if you're dead today. Guess what? Oh, Jesus. Oh, 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 you can do that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can do that. Four days? Yeah. Not a problem. Lazarus, come on, man. Come on, man. We got some more stuff to talk about. I want to eat dinner at your house this weekend, so I need you to go ahead and come on out of that grave. Jesus can do whatever he wants to do. It's awesome. He can raise the dead. He can feed the 5,000. He can walk on water. And so I have to believe today, and you have to believe that if he calls me out, he can also cause me to walk on the water. In other words, God can do amazing things in my life, things that are otherwise impossible. With God, they become reality. So whenever Jesus calls me, I will say, hey, here I come. I might, I might not understand right up front like who it is and what's going on, but when I, when I understand and I hear his voice and, and I, I know that it's him, I'm going to tell you right now what could happen in this church if three, 400 people, 500 people would rise up this week and say, here I come, Jesus. I hear what you're saying, and I'm going to, uh, here I come, I'm coming over, I'm coming over the gunnel, I'm coming over the side, I'm coming out of the safety of this boat, and I'm going to get beyond my own human limitations, and, and here I come, Jesus, and, and I want you, Lord, in this moment, this week, as I step out in faith, uh, I want you to help me, God, to keep my eyes on you, because I don't want to sink. <laughs> keep your eyes on Jesus. So the story concludes, verse 32. When they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Everything's getting back to normal. This is so awesome. They climbed back into the boat. I was reading this morning early. Woke Julie up a couple times. My beautiful wife, I'm sorry, my beautiful wife is here today. I just wanted to honor her. I wanted to take this moment right in the middle of the sermon to honor her and thank her for being here. But I read this this morning and I just was... I was just thinking, do you, do you read with an imagination or do you just like get in there with an imagination like a child, man, the kingdom of God comes alive when you have childlike faith. And, and so I was reading it and it says, and when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down when they, who climbed into the boat, who climbed into the boat, Jesus and Peter. Jesus and Peter climbed into the boat, and I, I told the first service, it just hit me in the first service, have you ever been in the pool? Has anybody ever been in a pool? You know what a pool is? It's a hole in the ground with water, right? And we get into it when it's hot. Have you ever been in a pool? You know what? Between the no hands and the lights down and the masks, I don't know if anyone here has been in a pool. Just say, I've been in a pool and raise your hand. Okay, good. Just want to make sure. I'm almost done. Just relax. It's going to be okay. I was just thinking about when you're in the deep end of the pool, especially when you get to be a man of my stature, age, just not athletic anymore. It's, if, you're in the, if you're in the deep end of a pool and there's no ladder, try getting out. Those little, the little kids, they can just boom, boom, jump out, you know. You got those athletes, I've seen them, they stand in the shallow end of three feet of water and they can literally explode out of the water onto the side. But that's not me. 
That's not you, more than likely. Try to get out. And here's, and I just imagine this morning, Jesus and Peter trying to get into the boat. They, they climbed into the boat. I mean, I was just like thinking about that. Like, man, Jesus, he, 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 he puts his pants on one leg at a time, just like me. You know what I mean? He was in all points tempted like, he was probably thinking, I could walk on water, but man, I'm having a hard time getting into this boat. This is ridiculous. And now I'm even seeing more. You know, they're trying to get over, and Jesus kind of gets his shoulder over the gunwale, and he swings his right leg over and just kicks Peter in the back of the head. They're climbing into the boat. Can you imagine? They're soaking wet. Here they are. They're in the boat. They're in the boat. They're in the boat, right? They're in the boat. You got it? And then those that were in the boat, verse 33, they worshiped him. Man. Truly, you are the son of God. Because feeding the 5,000 apparently hadn't convinced them. But now these boys, man, they're about to get it. And trust me, these guys, we see their journey of faith. These guys got it. Go and look. They gave their lives for this man right here. They literally gave their lives. They're starting to get it. They've, they've seen this miracle on the water, and they worshiped Jesus and told him, surely you are God's son. And, and the revelation, listen carefully, the revelation of who Jesus truly was followed the miraculous. Okay? Okay? The revelation of who Jesus Christ truly was followed this miraculous event. And I can imagine Peter, you know, since Peter began to sink, a lot of, a lot of his friends, other disciples, maybe, maybe they were teasing him. Maybe, maybe they were jealous. Maybe, maybe they just liked to poke fun because I, I probably would if it was me and my friends and, and Don was sinking. I'd be like, hey, man, remember that time you sank? Yeah. I'm sure that he was criticized, and this thought started coming to me. We all face the same thing. Whenever we obey the voice of God and we begin to step out in faith, and, and, and when we begin to sink, I want you to get ready because others are going to criticize you. They're going to criticize you. Have you ever been criticized for doing something in the kingdom of God, and maybe you got one thing wrong? Have you ever been criticized? Have you ever been criticized? I want you to listen carefully, especially those of you that are trying right now with your life. You are literally, you are literally giving your life. You're wasting your days trying to reveal the kingdom of God in somebody's life. I want you to know that when you do something for God, when you do something for God, you will be criticized. But here's the deal. I haven't seen any of Peter's critics repeat what he did that day. I, I, I don't read any, anywhere else where anybody else was like walking on water and they came back to Peter and they said, you sank? Like, what's your problem, man? That was no big deal. I did it. Yeah, I walked, I walked across the Red Sea the other day. It was great. It saved me two days traveling around. No, nobody else did it. And the point is this. Someone here today needs to say, you know what? I hear your call, Jesus. I see you clearly right now. And I'll do what you're asking me to do. I might stumble. Trust me. I might fall. I may have to cry out in fear at some point. Lord, save me. 
But I'm going to tell you right now, it's going, to be, it's going to be worth it. It's all worth it for that moment of clarity when you're in the eye of the storm, when everything else is muted into silence and you're doing exactly what God called you to do and you're outside of the boat and everybody else is back there. They don't even, they don't have a clue what's going on and you're looking at Jesus and you're standing there and you're standing on something that you shouldn't be standing on and God is doing something in your life that, hey, this shouldn't be happening and in that moment, it's going to be worth it all when you are effortlessly walking on water with Jesus. When I'm, when I'm doing something in my life that without God's help, not possible. In that moment, it's going to be worth it all. It's going to be worth it all. All the criticism, it's going to be worth it all. All the finger pointing, it's going to be worth it all when it's you and Jesus and you're fulfilling what he's called you to do. What a story today. What a story. What a story. Brother Preston, you could come. What a story. Old Peter. Everybody say, Old Peter. Walking on water. Get into these stories. I've been doing a series in my church the last year where I just get into these stories and I just like storyboard, just walk them out, just think about every single angle I can. Old Peter, there he was walking on water. I want you to imagine Peter telling his kids and his, his grandkids this story. <laughs> How many of you ever sat your kids down and told them a story? If you're a baseball player when you were a kid, little league, now you have kids, you're always telling them these great stories. When I was your age, I never struck out one time. <laughs> when I pitched, I never threw a ball in the dirt. And we, we, we have these stories and some of them are really extraordinary, and I know we all have an extraordinary story. But imagine being Peter. Think of the stories he had. This was one of them. He's telling his kids, his grandkids, this story. Imagine Peter. And I know how Peter died. You guys know how Peter died? Unwilling to be crucified in the same manner as Jesus. What did he do? He said, if you're going to crucify me, it can't be the same way as him. Like, turn my cross over. Crucify me upside down because I'm not worthy to die in the same manner as him. And he was 65 to 70 years old when his life was taken for preaching the gospel. Yeah. But before that, before that, elders, you have something to offer. You may think, oh, the church is for young people and the life is in the young people. Elders, you have something to offer. Man, sit somebody down and tell them a story. Young people, don't be so, don't be so young <laughs> that you look at some elders and you think, what do they know? What do they know about church growth? What does my dad know about church growth? I'm talking about my dad. When we had song service, they would put the slides on one of those. Uh, yeah. Overhead, oh, overhead, there it is, overhead projector. How many remember those? Now look at us. We've come a long way. I mean, we've come a long way. They say that these make the speakers look really good, so I'm going get, to get a real nice tight shot. Is your wife taking pictures? This could be for the next time I preach here. Young people, don't be so... Don't have so much pride that you wouldn't, you wouldn't say, hey, to an elder, let's go to lunch. I'd like to hear 
like to hear a little bit. And so Peter's sitting these young believers down. Imagine it. He's sitting them down years later, a table full of believers. And, and there they sit. They're listening to that old apostle, leather skin, wrinkled, eyes full of fire, eyes full of faith. Oh, my goodness. And imagine as he finished up and, and he said, hey, I just want to tell you guys a, a few little pointers that I've learned over the course of my life. And I want you to put these into your life. And, and, and I'm not even going to get on to the, the book of 1 Peter when he talks about the trying, the trials that are going to come. Don't be surprised when you're tried with fire. It's for your purifying. It's for your good. God's doing something. But just in this moment, just think about Peter. He's, he's saying, hey, the number one thing I want you to do kids. The number one thing I want you to do, young church leaders, the number one thing you need to do, young believers, is keep your eyes on Jesus. Trust me, you have to keep your eyes on Jesus. There's going to be storms. There's, there's going to be, there's going to be uh, uh, situations. You're going to be surrounded by the enemy. Life's going to get a little tumultuous, but, but always look for Jesus. Always look for Jesus, and once you get your eyes on him, lock your eyes on him and don't look away. Don't forget. Don't forget. Listen, listen, kids. Listen, listen, young people. Listen, church, church leader. Listen, listen. And everything that you do, it's all great, I'm sure. It's all great. But he's saying, hey, hey, whatever you do, when Jesus speaks, whatever it is, just obey him in that moment and see what will happen. Sometimes it's not going to make sense, but do what he says. Maybe Peter leans back in his chair. He turns to some young Christian. They're just starting their walk with God. They just came into a small group. They were going house to house, right? And they were sharing the gospel. Do you guys know this? They weren't, you know, that's what they were doing every day. It was every day. The work, of, the work to grow the church is out there, y'all. Nate, Pastor Nathan alluded to it a little earlier. The work of the kingdom of God is out there. Get somebody in your house and talk about Jesus. So Peter's there and he's talking about Jesus. And, and they're just starting out their walk with God and with the clear voice hear his voice today the same voice that boomed on the day of Pentecost he says to them faith faith just take the next step that's what it's about taking the next step he said he said I just had to take one step to get out of the boat and and once I did that all of a sudden you guys it was unbelievable I was on the water and, and I was doing fine I was doing fine when I was focused on the next step going towards Jesus but I got into a little trouble when I lost sight of my next step when I turned my eyes from Jesus I I begin to sink so don't forget when he calls you take a step towards him and never look away and Peter said, hey, whenever you start walking towards him, get ready because the supernatural is going to be unleashed in your life. Don't forget it, First Church. Don't forget it. I know it's 2021. Don't forget that God is still doing miracles. He's still doing miracles. Someone say, he's still doing miracles. He's still doing miracles. He's still doing miracles. He's still doing miracles. Come on. He's still doing miracles. Get it in your brain. He's still doing miracles. Tell your neighbor. He's still doing miracles. Whatever you need, he's still doing miracles. Come on, y'all. Do you believe it or not? He's still doing miracles. He created the heavens and the earth. He's still doing miracles. He saved you at one point. He's still doing miracles doing miracles today I promise you I promise you
I'm almost done. Peter didn't experience the supernatural power of God that allowed him to walk on water until he trusted Jesus. And his faith, his trust was evidenced by his actions. James, years later, the brother of Jesus wrote the words, faith without works is dead, being alone. Don't stand in church on a Sunday and say, I worship this eternal God. And then throughout the week, who? Come on, he's calling you. Put it into action this week. And the supernatural power of God began to happen. It all transpired after he believed and he stepped over the gunwale. He stepped over the back of the boat and he got onto the water. And today, your faith will be followed by actions. True faith is always followed by actions. Abraham was counted righteous when he believed. He didn't stay. He got up. And his actions took him away from his homeland into the land that God promised him. You gotta, you gotta have actions with your faith or it's dead. And if Peter were here today, he would say to this church, listen, believer, listen, first church, listen, mother and father, and listen, business owner, and listen, the, the one that's struggling today, listen to what I'm saying. Fear will sink you. Peter would say, I, when I had faith, I walked on water, but when I had fear, I sank in the water. And the same is true for you today. Fear will sink you. So if, even if you have a little bit of faith, how many just feel like you have a little bit of faith today? You, you could go either way right now in this service. You could leave and go out to eat and just reject what God's doing, but also you kind of feel like, man, I want to get up and go all in. Is there someone here that has faith right now in this moment? A little faith is better than no faith. Jesus spoke to Peter of his little faith, but maybe all he was saying was, hey man, you got a capacity for a greater faith, for a sustained faith. You think walking on water is something. Wait till you're preaching on the day of Pentecost and the Spirit of God, the eternal Spirit of God begins to flood that room from the back to the front, left to right, and they're filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Wait until that day comes. I've got greater things for you, Peter. Hey, Peter wasn't going to be like those other guys on the boat who apparently had no faith. He wasn't going to stay back. Can you see him back there? Like, here's Peter out here with Jesus. And Jesus kind of dogs on him and says, you have little faith. And Peter kind of, but then maybe Peter looked back at those guys like, at least I'm not you guys. Hello? Man, wouldn't it be great if you would just be willing to risk just be willing to risk it. Just be willing to get out there, even if Jesus has to correct you a little bit somewhere. Hey, at least I'm out here with you. God, I'm out here with you. You said I could do it, so here I am. And I receive your instruction, and next time I'm not going to take my eyes off of you. Everybody stand with me today. We got to get done. We got to get done. My goodness. I got really off track today. All right. Waymaker, miracle worker. Sing that for me, Nathan. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper. It sounds kind of cool, but it's not right. 
going to do a miracle today. That's all I was trying to say. Listen, at the end of the story, Peter and Jesus, they climb in the boat. Peter has demonstrated his faith that anything's possible. The miracle has happened. And after the ordeal is over, they're in the boat. And in an instant, the disciples went from worrying about their circumstances to now they're ready to worship the Son of God. And in that moment, their eyes were open to who he was. And they were never the same again. So today, in this moment, as we close this service, I believe that someone here is going to hear the voice of Jesus. You're going to take a step of faith. You're going to experience the miraculous. And it may not happen today in this service, but it's going to happen. Because anytime you obey him and you walk towards him, something is about to happen. And here's the beautiful thing about what the church is actually supposed to be doing this week. When I say the church, I mean this church my church this is the beautiful thing as a result of you stepping out of the boat and going and obeying the voice of jesus and coming towards him and doing all of that as a result of the miracle of walking on water there's going to be somebody in your life uh, those 11 guys in the boat they're going to witness it they're going to see the miracle and something's going to happen they're going to say truly that person is serving that person is walking with that person is worshiping the son of god it's going to happen after a believer says, I'm going all in with Jesus. You want to blow this church up. I want my church to grow. If you want this church to grow exponentially, the power is in this room. Right now in this moment, all we can do is worship God. There may be somebody here that's sick and you need prayer. You need to come down to this front and we'll lay hands on you like the scripture says. And we believe that God can heal. But really all we can do in this moment is receive the word of God and worship him. And we can say, Lord, if you're saying to come, here I come this week. That's about it. But the power is in this room. The people are in this room. The stories are in this room. There's a Peter in this room that years from now, you can tell the story of what God did in your life and it'll blow your grandkids away. The power is in this room. So with all the faith you have today, they're gonna sing in a moment. With all the faith you have today, I want somebody just to step out from where you're seated. Maybe to step into the aisle. Maybe someone could put one foot in front of the other and come down around this front. But whatever you do, make a step of faith towards him today. Make a step of faith towards him. However little your faith is, however great your faith is, it's time to worship him in this moment and say, you surely are the son of God. And I'm believing for great things. And I know that you can do anything. I'm going to choose faith right now. I'm going to choose faith. I'm going to choose to believe that God is going to do it. Would you lift up your hands? Singers, would you sing? Every person in this room that is ready to take a step, start doing it right now. Come to this front. Step out to the aisle. Pray with somebody. Begin to respond to the Word of God in this moment, right now. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Come on, let's move. Come on, let's move. Let's pray. Let's worship. Let's respond. Here I come, Jesus. My eyes are on you. My eyes are Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If this podcast has blessed you, please rate it with four or five stars. By doing so, you will help others find our free podcast and bless them. 
If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, come worship with us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road. For information about service times, church ministries, and so much more, visit us online at firstchurchclt.com. If you would like to help support our efforts, please text GIVE to 704-445-5353. We pray God's richest blessings to you. Come, worship with us.